Friends, welcome to This Week in the Way of Jesus, a podcast hosted by the Eighth Street Church. We are a spiritual community of hope and transformation that is trying to live this way of Jesus. You'll find both weekly spiritual practices and weekly sermons on this podcast feed. For more information about the Eighth Street Church, please visit our website, www.8thstreetchurch.org, or social media pages linked in the show notes. All right, there we go. Who's been an encouragement? Chris has been an encouragement for me. Um, since I was young, he has encouraged me. He has called me. He has pers- helped me pursue this calling to pastoral ministry. Banning was praying just a moment ago about people in the room that are anxious. And I was overwhelmed because I'm anxious. I'm in a season of transition. I'm in a season of anxiety about what is my new identity moving forward, this thing that I put my profession and calling into, and now in this time of transition of what does that look like, what position do I hold, what, what is the future, what is God calling me to do, but I know this, that no matter what we go through, no matter what season that we're in, there is a God who is actively working on our behalf. There is a God who is pursuing you and calling you and inviting you to participate in the kingdom and the calling that he has on your life. Did you know that somebody is working on your behalf right now, and it's God? I I have a lot of people in my life who who support me and care for me. One of those is my wife, Hannah. She's just kind of always there in the background supporting and encouraging me, and she's just, she's working on my behalf. She helps me to be a better version of myself each and every day, but even she doesn't do it full time. I have other pastors and mentors that are supporting me and encouraging me, and they're they're working on my behalf, but even they don't do it full time. I want you to be encouraged this morning that there is a God who is working on your behalf full time. I want to talk this morning a little bit, and the sermon title is this, it's God's Not Done Yet. We're going to read a passage of scripture that is, it's pretty, uh, a lot of people in the church, we know it. If you've grown up in the church, if you've been around the church, this is a, a passage of scripture that you know really well. If this is your first time and you've never heard this passage of scripture, I just want to encourage you, you're about to be filled with a lot of hope. It's a powerful verse and passage that Paul talks about, and we're going to read it together. So if you don't mind standing for the reading of God's word. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul to the church in Romans. It says this in verse 22. It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning. And we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And here we go. Verse 28 says this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is the word of God for the people of God. In uh, 2019, I, uh, I got really into running. I mean, like, really into it. Uh, it was uh, an incredible year. 2019, I always say, was the best year of my life. It got to the point where I began to love running so much. I was running every day. I was running 5Ks multiple times a week. I know you might be like, are you sure? I was. It was, it was something that I almost became addicted to. I would, I would take off. I'd put my running shoes on, and it was like, hey, Hannah, I'm going to go for a quick run, and I'd go run three, four miles. I began to love the sport of running, but the reality is when I was a kid all the way up to 2019, I hated running. It was the worst thing ever. I was the kid on the soccer team that was like, all right, we're going to do some laps. I mean, that's the point where I was like, I'm the goalie, coach. Like, goalies don't have to run, right? We just, you know, I hated running, but in 2019, it became something that began really good in my life. It started to be something that I really enjoyed doing. As we know, 2020 hit, and uh, I had to stop running because of COVID. You're like, why? I don't know. People were quitting things, and I quit that. I don't have an explanation for it. Like, well, COVID's here. Can't run. I don't know. One time in 2020, I saw a guy running with a mask. I'm like, that's why I can't do it. I don't know why. I don't know. I just stopped. I, I got out of a rhythm. I got out of a routine, and 2020 kind of came and went, and 2021 was just kind of more of the same. You know what I'm talking about, and, and all of a sudden, something that I really began to enjoy, I no longer enjoyed anymore. I began to get back in the same place where it was like when I would try to go restart running, I was like, this is too much. I had lost everything that I had gained. I, I wasn't able to keep it up, but I remember New Year's Day. 2022, I decided that night, I said that it was New Year's Eve night, and I said, all right, next, this is it. New year, new me. I'm getting back to running. No more of this. I'm getting out of this hole. I'm getting out of this darkness. I'm going to force myself up no matter what. And New Year's Day, I remember lacing up my running shoes. I'm going, this is it. And I took off from my house, and I started running, and it was, I got about a quarter mile in, and I was like, I feel pretty good. Hey, I was encouraged, maybe. Maybe I haven't lost everything, you know? This is okay. I get a half mile in, and I was like, no, forget that. I've lost everything. I mean, I was hurting. Half mile in, and I'm starting to, the thoughts are coming in my mind. Why am I doing this? This is no good. This is no good. I'm back to the same place that I was. I don't want to be running. I'm never going to get back to where I was. And again, I'm a half mile from my house, and I'm really starting to contemplate, maybe this isn't going to be different. Maybe it's not new year, new me. And I remember just kind of with my head back and just gasping for air, trying to get a mile down. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, this is a true story. I'm standing outside of Wilshire and Council on a main road, and all of a sudden, a bird flies over me and drops a present straight into my mouth. <laughs> I am not making that up. I mean, I am at the, the pinnacle of dying 
wondering why I'm doing this, and all of a sudden a bird just boom right there in my mouth. I stop mid on the sidewalk, and I'm just spitting out, and I'm like, what is going on? I look up to the heavens, and I'm like, Lord, this is what you had for me. I mean, couldn't you have? I mean, I'm running so slow. Like, what are the chances of this? You know, it's a funny story, but it is, it articulates the actual real reality of a place that I was in, a place that Hannah and I were in. We were in a season. It was dark. It just wasn't good. We seemed to have lost all the momentum that we had. Her, her beloved Mammy had passed away, uh, someone that had raised her from the time she was in sixth grade. I mean, there was just darkness in us. We were in job transition. We had family stuff. We had relationship stuff. I'm describing something that you know. You know exactly what I'm talking about. A season where not so good. It's not so good. And a verse like Romans 8.28, in seasons and in hard times like this, people will use this verse and they say, and we know that in all things, God's working for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to their purpose. But the question is, what if you're in a season where it's just not so good? If you're in a season where there's places deep within us that are not good, there's relationships that just aren't good, there's things that just don't seem to be going right. The power of this verse comes in the verses leading up to it. And we're going to go through this kind of old school Bible study, if that's okay, verse by verse. One of the things that I deeply desire for today is that the Word of God is what speaks to your heart today. Not the words that I say, but you allow the, the words of the Apostle Paul to resonate so deep within you that it dwells within your soul that God speaks to you through the Word. Verse 22, it says this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning. What does he mean by the whole creation has been groaning. He's talking about this deep sense of groaning that is in the life. You know what groaning is, right? In the shallow version of groaning, it's that, that moment where you get out of bed in the morning, you're a little achy, you're like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. You get home from work and you, you find your favorite chair and you sit down and you're like, oh, you know, that deep groan. The wives are like, he does that every time. He's talking about even something much deeper than that. It's this deep, deep groaning in their life. It's like the groaning that you would experience when someone loses a loved one. That grief, that deep sense of despair, that groaning, that, that longing for something so much more, but this pain is overwhelming. The world, all creation, all people are groaning. As in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. In verse 23 it says, But not only so, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. What's he saying in verse 23? He's saying this. It's not just the whole world. It's us too. The ones who have the first fruits of the Spirit are the ones who know God. He's saying, look, church, it's not just the world outside of this. It's us too. We are groaning. You and I are not exempt 
from this groaning that the world goes through, we also will experience it. This is sometimes problematic for Christians, right? Because sometimes the church and the world talks about this relationship with God as if it's going to fix all the problems and you're going to be okay, and we know that that's not the case. It's problematic for the church because sometimes we approach our relationship with God more like a transaction rather than a transformation. What do I mean by that? It's, it's more like, hey, God, I'm going to church. Hey, God, I'm giving. Hey, I'm in, my, I'm in my parish group. Hey, I'm doing all the right things. Now, Lord, I need you to do something for me. We know that it becomes transactional rather than transformational, which is God is changing us from the inside out to the point that no matter what our circumstance is, we still have this relationship with God. But he's saying, look, we're not exempt from this. We're not exempt from this. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. It's interesting here that Paul gives this analogy of childbirth. This is the way in which Paul is trying to connect with his audience. This is the example that he chooses to give. Now, I don't know, this may surprise you, but I don't know what it's like to give, uh, give, give birth to a child. But I do know what it's like to labor with a common cold for three to four days. Fellas, you know, they don't get it. It affects us differently. But he gives this example. He gives this example of childbirth. Why does he give this example? Because it's a beautiful example. Nine months. Nine months of a body going through a radical transformation. That is this whole thing physical. It's emotional. It's it's mental. It's it's spiritual. It's he gives this example because it literally transforms and changes this person as they, they go through this experience. And, and oftentimes you're, you're wondering with nervousness and, and you're going through this pain and you've got to go all the way through the pain in order to get to something hopeful that you're deeply waiting for. And that's, a, that's the analogy that he used here. He says, look, this groaning, this, this, this separation that the world is longing for, it's similar to that of childbirth, you're, you're waiting for something, and you hope that it's going to be all that you can imagine. But the reality is that on the other side of birth, it's way more than what we could have imagined. It's beyond anything that we could have ever dreamed. It's a beautiful example that he gives. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we hope for what we do not have. We wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. When I was reading this passage, I started asking myself the question, what does he mean by weakness? What does he mean by weakness? What is our weakness? A weakness is simply this, the breakdown of our spiritual and our physical bodies. That's what Paul's talking about here, the breakdown of our spiritual 
and our physical bodies. You see, the Spirit of God helps us in times of need. The Spirit of God helps us with the side effects of the sin that we've participated in. The Spirit of God helps us with the scars of our past. The Spirit of God helps us with the traumas that we face. The Spirit of God helps us with depression and illness and disease and brokenness and regret. In our weakness, the Spirit of God helps us in our grief with temptations, loneliness. The Spirit of God helps us with the deepest, darkest, loudest groans of pain in our life. See, the Spirit of God dwells within us. It makes a home in us. Paul tells us that the same Spirit knows what to pray to the Father even when we don't have the words to pray. Uh, if you've been in a season of deep darkness, like was told earlier, you know what this feels like where you're, you're sitting on the edge of your bed and darkness all around you, and, and the reality is you can be connected to hundreds of people, yet you feel so alone and isolated. And you try to go and pray to God, but you don't even have the words. You don't even know where to start. You might even be so angry and frustrated with the Lord that you don't even know what to pray or how to pray. If you're in that season, I want to encourage you, friend. I want to encourage you of something. And when you are in that season, Paul tells us that the Spirit knows exactly what to pray on your behalf. The Spirit intercedes for you to the Father. I am convinced of one thing. I am convinced that God lives on the mountaintop. I believe that. That's biblical. That's scriptural. God will meet you on a mountaintop. But I am convinced of this more. That the true depth and love of God will meet you in the valley. He will meet you in the deepest, darkest place. Then we get to verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And then we get to verse 28. And in light of all of this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And we know, what do we know? What is it that we know? We know this, that the Bible, the Word of God, is full of stories where God's redemption and love and grace breaks through in the midst of darkness. We know that. If you're ever wondering about that, you open up these pages and you read some of these words and you remind yourself of who God is. We know that God has delivered us before. If you've gone through this season before in your life, you know that God has delivered you from that. You know that. We know that God is who he says he is, that God is going to be who he says he's going to be every time. We know that in all things, what do you mean all things? We mean all things. Pastor Chris, you, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've gone through. 
You don't know what I faced. You don't know what we're up against. All things. We know that in all things, God works. What do you mean God worked? I mean, God is working right now on your behalf in the background of your life. He is working. He is there. He is caring. He hears you. He sees you. He knows what you're going through for the good of those who love him. There's another way that you can read the last part as our communion servers start making their way. There's another way that you can read the last part of this incredible verse And you can replace the word of with the words with and through. And so if you do that, it actually reads like this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good with and through those who love him. Why the change? Why the change? Why can you replace of with with and through? And it's really simple. It's just this. It articulates the reality that God wants to work in us and through us. God wants to be with us. He is with you when it is not so good. He cares for you when it is not so good. He knows when it is not good. And He's with you. He's in you. And He's working through you. He is working full time your behalf. If it is not good yet, someone needs to hear it. If it is not good yet, then God's just not done yet. This morning, we're going to be invited to the table. And the bread and the juice is a reminder to us that God knows us, sees us, hears us, and is with us. At dinner on the night before Jesus was betrayed by those he came to save, he took the bread, gave thanks, and he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat it, remember me. Then in the same way, he took the cup, and he said, this is the cup of my, my blood, the covenant. Whenever you drink this, do so affectionate remembrance of me. Anyone who recognizes their need for grace is invited to this table. We want no barriers. So our bread is gluten-free and our wine is non-alcoholic. When you come, come down our outer aisles with your hands cupped, ready to receive that which is good and that which comes from God. Approach one of these servers. Listen to what they have to say. Dip the bread into the cup and be thankful. If for any reason you cannot make it down the aisle, just wave your hand and Pastor Andrea will come serve you. When you're ready, receive the communion today with the confidence that God is working for the good in your life. Even if you are in a season of deep groaning and darkness and pain, when you receive this communion, remind yourself that God knows you, loves you, sees you is working on your behalf. Come.
Friends, each week we invite our congregation to respond to what they've heard by entering into a weekly spiritual practice. You can find the episode to the practice and enter into this way of Jesus in the podcast feed. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you wherever you go.